It's always an honor to come over here to Ben Wheeler and share the word of the Lord. So I'd like to thank my pastor, Pastor Raymond, for all the dedication to the calling God's given him on his life. I'd like to thank him for not giving up on me. Because there were so many opportunities to give up on me. Amen. But how many know the man of God has a burden from the Lord for souls? Amen. And God ain't going to give up on you. Even if your mama gave up on you. Even if your baby mama gave up on you. God ain't going to give up on you. God ain't done with you yet. Amen. We're coming into 2020. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be an impactful year. You know, they say uh, 2020 in the vision world is perfect vision, right? Yes. You know, you go to the doctor. If you got 2020, you can read the bottom line to the top line. Amen. And I believe some of us can only see the top line right now. And God's wanting us to be able to see the bottom line too this year. See, 2020 is a year of vision. Do you believe that? Yes. You know, uh, over at my church, I shared on new wine for a new year. And Pastor, you know, the, the last Sunday he preached on new focus for a new year. And uh, then over here at our Holy Ghost party on New Year's Eve, because that's what it was, a Holy Ghost party, you know, he, he preached on new vision for a new year. And so, you know, straight, you know, from the man of God, God put it on the man of God's heart that, you know, some of you are going to catch vision this year that didn't have vision in 2019. And some of you that did have vision going into 2020, I feel like God is going to fulfill some of that vision in 2020. See, it's a year of vision. It's a year of impact. Ten years, Victory Life. We'll be celebrating our ten-year anniversary next year. Come on, give God some praise for that. Woo! That's kind of awesome. That we're 2020, it's perfect vision. Ten years, our own church, another location, growth, expansion. I mean, somebody got to get excited in here. Amen? But very briefly, they told me I got 30 minutes, so I got to cut it short this morning. Very briefly... I like to follow in the same vein that Pastor shared on last Sunday, and that's the Fix Your Focus series. Fix Your Focus. So this is Fix Your Focus Part 2, and what I'd like to zone in on is focus on the progress. Amen? Focus on the progress. It's so easy to get caught up in everything else and not see the progress. You know, it reminds me of the story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus at the end of the gospel. You know, Jesus had been crucified. Jesus had died. He went to the tomb. He got out of the tomb. And he was walking around, you know, risen, coming into glory. And he'd come up on these two disciples, and they were walking down the road. And he come up on them, and he was like, hey, what are y'all doing? And they said, what have you not heard? Have you not heard about this man named Jesus? Have you not heard about, you know, he was supposed to rescue us. He was supposed to save us, and he didn't save us. He was supposed to do this, and he didn't do this. He was supposed to do that. He didn't do that. And all the while, they're talking to Jesus. You see, saints, because it's real easy to get caught up in what God isn't doing and not be able to see what God is doing. Sometimes we lose focus. Amen? But this morning I'd like to share very briefly on focus on the progress. And, you know, focus, focus is a powerful asset we have as children of God. And Satan wants more than anything to try his hardest to try and deceive you and get you to believe that your focus is not in your control. Well, the devil is a liar. There's a lot of things in life we don't have control over, but there's one thing we can control, and that's what we're focused on. And so I believe God's saying to the body of Christ here at Victory Life, 
listen, you know, we can start these resolutions. We can start these new uh, strategies. We can do all this. But I'm telling you, children of God, saints of God, victory lifers, I'm telling you, we need to grab a hold of our focus. We need to grab a hold of our focus. And in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15, the Word of God reads like this. And this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church of Philippi. And he says, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on. Somebody say, press on. I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was also laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do. Come on, put your, put your finger in the air and say, one thing that I do. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. You see, 2019 may have been bad for some of you. It may have been discouraging for some of you. There may have been some heartaches. There may have been some tragedies. There may be some trials. But God's telling us this morning, don't focus on 2019 because 2020 is headed this way. And I got a victory for you. I got a blessing for you. I got a promise for you. You see, I'm not worried about what didn't happen and what happened then. I'm pressing forward for what God has in the next season. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In verse 15, let us therefore, as many are perfect, have this attitude. And if anything, you have a different attitude, God will reveal that to you also. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, with a little bit of time I have allotted to me, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you just speak through me to your children, God. Allow us to grab a hold of how important focus is for this year, God, because we can see it, God. We can almost taste it, God, of of what you want to do here this year in our lives, in our church, in our ministry, in our communities, in our families, in our marriages, God. Lord, we know that you want to do something awesome this year. So allow us to to, to focus. Allow us to to hone in, to zone in, God, and grab a hold of this now, Lord, so we can be used in a mighty way to give you glory. And if you agree with that, go ahead and give us some praise in this place. That's cool. Little Alex, man. Playing the keyboard. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Amen. But we're talking about focus this morning, so let's focus real quick. All right? And like I said, focus is a powerful asset. And, you know, focus, like take, for instance, when you get some binoculars and they get out of focus, you can't see through them, and they can't do what they were created to do. Right? You see, you're not able to focus. You're not able to have vision. You're not able to see through them. And binoculars are great for seeing far distances, for having vision, but they have to be in focus. Are you checking with me? Because you've got to understand if a set of binoculars ain't in focus and it can't get used for what was created to be used for, the binoculars is only good as a paperweight. So come on, look to your neighbor and say, I ain't the paperweight. Amen. Man, I was, and I, was, I was studying focus and I was thinking about it. I went and I watched a little video of uh, women's Olympic hurdle races. Right? Wow. Yeah. And I watched that video, and I mean, these suckers, man, I mean, they're just, they're smooth, right? They don't skip a beat. And what's really interesting is these women running these hurdle races, the whole race, they have their vision on the finish line. Their, their eyes are focused and locked in on the finish line. If I was running that race, I would be focused on each hurdle as I jump over it. <laughs> Amen? I would have to sit there and, fo- okay, here's the hurdle. Focus on it. 
on the next one, but these, these Olympic uh, hurdle runners, they, they have their eyes locked in on the finish line. They have their eyes locked in on the prize so you could speak. You see, every hurdle that comes their way doesn't grab their focus because their focus is on the finish line. And I believe coming into 2020, some of us have to grab a hold of this type of focus. Because just because it's a year of impact, a year of promise, a year of vision, doesn't mean there's not going to be some hurdles along the way. Are you with me, church, this morning? But we have to have our oaths focused on the prize, focused on the finish line. And this is what the Apostle Paul was saying. Even though I have some hurdles, even though I have some problems, I have some challenges, my eyes are on the finish line. My eyes are on the prize. My vision is headed towards the upward call of Christ Jesus. And I'm telling you, some of you are going to experience some, some hard things this year. But don't let it grab a hold of your focus. You take control of your focus and you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, as the writer of Hebrews says. Amen? And in the movie uh, Chariots of Fire, which dealt with a missionary named Eric Liddell and his participation in the Olympic Games in Paris, in the movie, one of the athletes hire a personal trainer. And one of his races, the man comes close to winning, but he doesn't win. And the coach begins to show him pictures and plays back video in the movie, and he shows Mr. Eric why he lost the race. And near the very end of the race, the runner took his eyes off the finish line, and he looked to the side of him at the other people running the race. And you know the enemy wants more than anything to get you distracted on what somebody else is doing for Jesus. What somebody else isn't doing for Jesus compared to what I'm doing. What somebody else is getting, the favor they have, what they're getting from the Lord. You know, the enemy wants to grab your focus and get you to look into the runners to the side of you. But this year, Victory Lifers, we're going to have our focus on the finish line. Can I get an Amen. Not worried about what's going on in our neighbor's life. Not worried about, oh, he gets that or she gets this or how come he doesn't get dealt with that? How come the pastor says hi to him? Are you with me? Help us, Lord. Amen. We can't get focused on the other runners in the race. You know, I tell uh, Brother Elliot all the time, I say, Elliot, each one of us have a lane. And God wants us to stay in that lane. But he doesn't want us focused on the lane. He wants us focused on the finish line. And each and every one of us in this place, we have our own finish line. And the finish line is Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we can't get caught up to the left or the right of us. We got to be looking forward. Be focused going forward for this year of 2020. Amen. But I want to I want to I want us to zone in and focus on the progress. The progress. Amen. You know, I'm walking into new seasons in my life, very new seasons. You know, I'm a I'm a new father, right? I've been married for, you know, almost going on two years this year. That's crazy. And, but I'm walking into new seasons. You know, Lucas just recently, he got sick, like real sick for the first time. And, you know, my wife, you know, a mom, it's her first kid. You know, she thinks he's dying. You know, every, every time he coughs, oh, my God, we got to go to the hospital. He's dying. And then I look like the mean one, and I'm just like, honey, I don't think we need to go to the hospital. Let's just get him some rest, lay him down. You don't care about our son. And I'm like, no, honey, maybe I just, you know, I got to speak some logic here. He's just coughing. But anyways, my wife woke up, I believe it was a Saturday morning, and she took him to the clinic, right? She took little Lucas to the clinic because he's sick. And uh, what's very interesting is when your kids are sick, you know, you, you have a burden. You want them to get some medicine. You want them to see the doctor. And so, you, you know, you can have a, a kid that's 103 fever, that's real sick, just snot coming out, sore throat, just in so much pain. But how many of you know 
No matter how sick your kid is, when you take them to the doctor, the first thing they're going to do is weigh them and take their height. They're going to check their growth. They're going to check their progress. Because what you have to understand, it doesn't matter how bad you need to see the doctor, if you're not growing, something's wrong. If there's no progress, something's wrong. Because you've got to understand, health is always in relation to growth. So if you're not growing, this tells us you're not healthy. If there's no progress, this tells us you're not healthy. And another thing, this is a side note of what they told my wife. They said, listen, he's a little sick. There's nothing we can give him. You know, he's just kind of sick. They said two things. They said, number one, if he continues to eat, that's a good sign. Are you with me, church? If he continues to eat, that's a good sign. You see, you've got to understand that's a sign that you're spiritually healthy, that you have an appetite for the things of God. And once you lose an appetite for the things of God, that means something is wrong. That you are sick. That you are unhealthy. Are you with me? And then here's another thing that the doctor told my wife. And he said, you know what, uh, Miss Balch? If little Lucas continues to smile, that's a good sign that he's still okay. I'm telling you, I got people who've been serving and walking the Lord 20 years, and you can't get them to smile for nothing. Are you with me? I mean, some of y'all, come on, pass it on and say, you just need to smile sometimes. If God has been good to you and you got the Jesus up in you like you say you do, how many of you know you're going to want to smile? It don't matter what you're going through, how your wife talked to you on the way to church, you're going to want to smile. You're going to have a smile up in you. Amen? Amen? You tell me Jesus is in you so strong, but you in here looking like this. Come out of worship, out of compulsion, looking like this. You know what I'm saying? Isn't one of the fruits of the Spirit joy? Ain't it peace? Come on, somebody. I got any joyful people up in the house this morning? Amen. Well, that's what, you know, that's what I, as I was listening to my wife, that's what I was thinking about. But they always, they always check the progress. They always check the growth. And if there's one thing we can focus on this year as a body of Christ, we need to focus on growing in God. Amen. We need to focus on getting further in our walk with God. Not in our walk in ministry or church or service, but our walk with God. Amen. Because if we can get that focus, if we can grab a hold of that focus, how many know it's like the domino effect? Everything else just falls in place. Amen? So we got to focus on the progress. we got to focus on the growth this year. Amen? Listen, saints, it is the expectation of God for you to grow in your walk with Him. That's God's expectation. A walk with God is a progressive walk. It's a going forward walk. It's not a backsliding walk. It's a forward progressive walk. You see, it is not the desire of God, saints, for us as Christians to stay in the elementary places of Christianity. God doesn't want you to be stagnant in your walk with Him. Amen? You see, during the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City, the last runner to finish the marathon race was an athlete from Tanzania. I don't know how to say that. Tanzania. There we go. Tanzania. He had a very difficult race, to say the least. He stumbled at one point. He ended up bruised, bloodied, and even had some broken bones. But he didn't quit. 
And even though everyone else had already finished the race, you had people leaving the stadium, going home. How many know he kept at it? And finally, at 7 in the evening, he straggled into the near empty, uh, empty stadium. And there were, there were still some people there, but he finished his last stretch of the race. And when the marathoner was asked after the race why he didn't quit, he simply said this. He says, my country didn't send me halfway around the world to start a race. They sent me here to finish it. Amen. How many know God didn't put you in this race just to start it? He puts you in this race to finish it. Amen. And 2019 left some of you bloody. It left some of you bruised, some broken things in your life. But how many know you're still in the race? Hallelujah. And God is still good and God is still faithful. Amen. He still has you in the race and he expects you to finish it. Amen. And I believe it's this expectation of God that led to the disappointment of the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. You see, the writer of Hebrews, he, he's writing to a group of, of Jewish Christians in Jerusalem. And, you know, when you start dealing with religious people, when you start trying to get religious people saved, it's, there's going to be all kinds of difficulties. There's going to be all kinds of challenges. You know, theological debates and eschatology and, and, you know, doctrinal issues. You know, you get somebody that had never been religious before. They get saved. All they know is Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But he's writing to some people who are in uh, Judaism, right? He's writing to the Jewish Christians, okay? And, and there's these theological, you know, problems arising, these doctrinal issues arising. And he's addressing all these issues. He's addressing all these problems. But then he comes down to this and he says, but I tell you your biggest problem and this is what he says. He says, concerning him, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, but you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. Wow, wow. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. You see, they got all these, these, these theological debates and these doctrinal issues, and the writer of Hebrews finally tells me, he's like, listen, you know, I'm addressing all this stuff, but your biggest problem is you're still at the same place with God today as when I first met you. Wow. Wow. Amen? He said that's the biggest problem you have right now. There's no progress in your life. You haven't grown in God. You might have grown in all these activities and all these outward things, but you haven't grown in God. And he said, this is the problem that you have. And I believe this is what disappointed the, the writer of Hebrews. Amen? And I believe some of us in here today, if we evaluate our life, we might have that problem too. These people were at the same place with God as they were when the writer of Hebrews first met them. Amen? You see, by now, you should be stronger in the Lord, said the writer of Hebrews. You see, by now, you shouldn't just be coming to church once a month, said the writer of Hebrews. You see, by now, you should understand what tithing and offering means, says the writer of Hebrews. You see, by now, you should be more than just say, saying a prayer before you go to sleep, says the writer of Hebrews. You see, by now, you should be digging in the word more than just one scripture with your wife late at night, says the writer of Hebrews. You see, by now, you ought to be teachers. But I have to come through and teach you the elementary principles of the word again. Come on. 
You see, this is what the writer of Hebrews was saying. Amen? And when I speak of growth, saints, when I speak of progress, I'm not talking about being religious. Because religion can actually keep you from growing in God. Amen? I'm serious. There's some people that are super religious, but they ain't got an ounce of Jesus in their heart. Amen? And I heard a pastor say yesterday, you can't determine Christian growth or Christian progress with the Lord by church statistics. Just because a church isn't packed out with 500 members doesn't mean the Holy Ghost up ain't in that church transforming lives and changing lives. You see, you can't determine growth or progression by church statistics. Amen? You can't, you can't measure your growth in church and, and say that's your growth in God. You know what I'm saying? Some people think they're okay with God just because they come to church twice a week. Huh? Are you with me? Yeah. And saints, listen, it's a very immature thing to come to church and get frustrated because you came expecting to find something here that you don't already have. Amen? Amen. Coming here expecting to find something that you don't bring with you. And I'm here to tell you today, these four walls, this is not where God intended for you to have your primary place of worship. Amen? You see, when you come in this church, you, you should already be prayed up. You should be full of the Holy Ghost. You should have done worshiped all week. You should have done studied all week. And you should come in this place practicing what you've been doing all week. Amen? People come in the church and get frustrated because nobody said hi to them. Yet you're not willing to go say hi to somebody else. Huh? Come and expecting to find something that you ain't even willing to bring. Amen? Amen? Well, I didn't feel the presence of God. <laughs> Don't you have the presence of God inside of you? Come on. I didn't feel the Holy Ghost. Well, doesn't the Holy Ghost live inside of you? You see, why are you coming to church to find something that you should already have? Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I'm telling you, church can get perverted when you pervert its purpose. You see, church is not supposed to be your primary place of worship. Are you with me? God never intended these four walls to be the main place you raise your hands, to be the main place you pray, to be the main place you dig in your word. Don't get it twisted. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, don't get it twisted. Amen? You see, this year in 2020, I'm going to try and hurry through this. Listen, saints, we got to focus on growth. All right? We got to focus on growth in God. We need to be dissatisfied with our current position. Amen? You see, there's a difference between being content and dissatisfied. You can be content with what God's doing in your life and for you and through you, but all the while be dissatisfied where you're at with God. Amen? In Philippians 3.12, I'll go ahead and run it back. I'll read it again. And the Word of God reads. The Apostle Paul says, Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that which I also was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. And listen, saints, Paul was saved. Paul was sanctified. But how many in this church know this morning Paul wasn't satisfied? Amen. Amen. And Paul's letter to the church, man, as I I dig and study, this kind of stuff blows my mind. When he wrote this, this was 30 years after he has an encounter with Jesus. 
Some of us, it don't take us 30 days to get bored with Christianity. Are you with me? We come in here, this thing broken, 30 days, we're ready to throw the deuces to God and go do something else. This man, 30 years after this man got saved, this is what he's saying to the church of Philippi. 30 years after, he says, I, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. I haven't arrived. I, I'm, I can grow more. I can mature more. I can go further with God. I can keep going. God has more. God has more. How many know the latter rains are always greater than the former? And as we look back on our history at Victory Life, man, that should get you excited. Because God's done some powerful things here. God's done some awesome things here. And if you're telling me that the Word tells me He's just getting started, woo! Amen? How many know the latter rains are always greater than the former? There's, woo! Hallelujah! Amen? But there's a couple dangers that can prevent us from progressing. There's a couple dangers that can prevent us from growing, right? Number one, we got to stop living in the past. We should know that by now, right? But number two, how many know we have to stop resting in the present? Amen? Philippians 3, 3 through 7, and the Word of God reads. This is the Apostle Paul. This is, he, he's telling us, he's like, listen, you know, some of you think that you got it to where you can just rest. Lacks of days ago, where you're good with God. You're good with what you got. Well, the Apostle Paul, this is who we're talking about here. He says, For we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. But if you want to talk about resting where we're at, if you want to talk about arriving, if you want to talk about being approved, he said, I can talk about that too. Although I myself have confidence, uh, have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more. Keep going. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Saints, if there was anyone that could rest in the present and could felt like they have arrived with the Lord, it was the Apostle Paul. Paul had seen the risen Lord. He had visited heaven, possibly even the third heaven. He was known as the world's greatest preacher, missionary, church planner, and the greatest soul winner. Yet he still said, I haven't arrived, and I know I can get more out of this walk with God. You see, remember, this is the man who had numerous visions of the Lord. He had been caught up into heaven, had seen things no other person that's living has seen, and he had written some of the most profound theology ever penned by man. But Paul was mature enough to know he wasn't mature enough. I got some people in here that are mature enough to know you're not mature enough. Amen? Yeah. Get the pride out the way. Hey, hey, hey. Because sometimes we can become so satisfied of how far we've come that it blinds us from seeing how far we can go. Amen? Woo! So turn to your neighbor and say, Are you mature enough to know you're not mature enough? Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. I, I believe this is one of the messages of Jesus too. I believe this is one of the messages of Jesus. 
You see, Jesus comes to these disciples in Luke 5. And we see here, it says, Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Genesaret. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. So if you're in the edge of the lake, where are you at? Shore, which is shallow waters. So you're in the shallows. So he sees these two boats, and these two boats are full of disciples. And Jesus sees them, and they're in the shallows. And it says, But the fishermen had gotten out of them, and they were washing their nets. Thought they were done for the day. And it says, He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put it out a little way from the land. So these disciples was in the shallow. And Jesus said, Hey, what are y'all doing? Launch out into the deep. And he sat down, and he began teaching the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put your net out into the deep water. Let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and we caught nothing in the shallows. But I will do as you say and let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. You see, this is, this is I believe, one of the, the teaching moments Jesus would have with his disciples. You see, Jesus, is, he, he's got him in the shallow waters. He said, no, 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 launch out into the deep. You see, Jesus told him the problem is you're staying in the shallow waters and you've already caught everything you can catch in the shallow. So in order for you to get your next harvest, to get your next blessing, you're going to have to launch out into the deep. And you see, I believe that's some of our problems in here this morning. You see, in 2019, we were uh, content with staying in the shallows. We were all staying in the shallow things of God. But I'm here to tell you this morning in 2020, you're going to have to do more than just come to church twice a week to get your next breakthrough. You're going to have to do more than just grab a devotional to get your next blessing. You're going to have to get out of the shallow places of Christianity and launch out into the deep, says the Lord. Because listen, some of you in this room, you done caught everything that you're going to catch staying in the shallows. For that next thing you need, you're going to have to launch into the deep. Guess what? You're going to have to get serious about fasting. Woo. You're going to have to get serious in your study. Woo. You're going to have to get serious in your humility and your servanthood within the church. You see, God's saying, listen, in 2020, I, I got some stuff coming, Victory Life. I got some promises, some blessings. I'm saying, hey, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be powerful. But I'm telling you, you're not going to get there staying in the shallow places of Christianity. We're going to have to launch out into the deep. Are you with me? Let me get an amen if you agree. Amen. This is what he was saying. The disciples, launch out into the deep. And you know their first reaction? Oh, that ain't going We already tried. We already tried, you know. How many know when Jesus tells you to do something, you do it and you leave the results up to him? Amen? Some of us here today, that's our problem. We're staying in the shallow places of Christianity. Amen? I believe there's a few people in here that need a breakthrough this year. There's a few people in here that need a miracle this year. Anybody in here that needs something from God this year, 2020? Well, we might have to get out of the shallow waters this year. And launch out into the deep to get it. You see, God's telling us that we have to go deeper this year in order to get what's next with God. Amen? Focus on the progress. We also have to focus on our future. Amen? We got to get delivered from our past. In Philippians 3.13, the Word of God reads, 
He says, brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Amen? There were all kinds of things that Paul had in his mind, in his memory, in his life that he had to forget and lose focus of. Paul was a murderer. Paul was a blasphemer. Paul was a persecutor of the church. And you, you got you to, gotta, man, think about that. I'm sure those things were going through his mind. God's like, I'm going to use you. And he's like, but I killed Christians. I persecuted the church. But you see, Paul didn't focus on what he used to do or who he used to be because he came into line with what God said he was and what he was going to do, and that became his focus. Amen? Amen? You see, some of us are going to have to get our past our past failures in order to have a future victory in 2020. You may have not handled everything right in 2019. That's okay. Don't focus on that. Focus on your next opportunity to do it right in 2020. Amen? Don't misunderstand this, though. You know, in the Bible, the, the Bible tells us that God forgets our sins, right? But the word they use, it doesn't mean he fails to remember. It's not like all of a sudden God has a brain fart and he don't, you know, he don't remember what you did. Right? It's not like that. The word forget, it means to no longer be influenced by or affected by. So in essence, God doesn't focus on your past sins when he begins to evaluate where you're at right now. You see, when God says in his word, I will remember your sinfulness no more, he isn't saying he just actually doesn't remember. He means he doesn't let that keep him from having a relationship with you now. He doesn't let him affect, it doesn't affect him now. Are you with me? Amen. You know, I heard about a man that went to the doctor and he said, Doc, you got to help me. He said, well, what's wrong? The man said, I'm suffering from amnesia. What should I do about it? And the doctor simply put it, he said, well, go home and forget about it. <laughs> and for some of us, that's what we need to do. We just need to forget about that, man. Don't focus on that. Because the enemy wants more than anything to try and put uh, condemnation in you, to try and put shame on you, to try and put guilt in you. How many know Jesus died on the cross to give you a new life, amen? You're a new creation. All the old things have passed away, and behold, the Word says everything has become new. Amen? Yeah. But in order for some of us to have the victorious year in 2020 that God wants for us, we got to forget about our past mistakes. we got to forget our, the past failures forget you see, sometimes some of us in this room, our biggest problem is we remember what God forgets and we forget what God remembers. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah. We holding on to an offense, something somebody did in the church to us in 2018. And we coming into 2020 and it's still affecting our relationships. Amen? God, God forgave them the next day when they confessed and repented and we still holding on to it. How many know we got to forget some, some offenses this year? Like we have to have a focus to be successful, but we also have to have unity. Amen? So in order for us to have unity, we got to let go of grudges. we got to let go of offenses. Amen? we gotta, we got to focus on the progress. we got to focus on our future, focus on God's forgiveness. And saints, we have to focus on God's purpose for our life. On God's purpose, not our purpose. God's purpose. 
Philippians 3.14, the Word of God says this. It says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. And I believe one of the secrets of Paul's life, why he was so successful, was his insane ability to focus. And the word here in the scripture used for goal is scopos, which means to look at. That's where we get the English word telescope from. It means a mark on which the eye is fixed. And of course, the word for prize is a word meaning a reward for finishing the race. So Paul was saying, I have one goal in this life, and I put all of my focus on this one goal. You see, Paul says, I have built my life around reaching that goal. Paul had a one-track mind, and his mind was on reaching that goal. Everything in Paul's life was centered around chasing God and doing God's purpose for his life. You've got to understand the relationships, Paul, that he had, it was centered on God's purpose for his life. The voices Paul allowed in his life, in his ear, was centered around God's purpose for his life. And sometimes we can, we can say we're centered around God's purpose, yet we have all these relationships that conflicts with God's purpose in our life. We allow these voices that is hindering us from fulfilling God's purpose in our life, we're allowing them into our life. You see, you have to watch who you let speak into your life. you got to watch who you take counsel from. you got to watch who you take instruction from. Amen? I don't, I don't just chop it up with my old running buddies. Amen? I don't. I'll tell them to come to church. Amen? But I don't just sit there and chop it up with them. You want to know why? Because I have to be focused on God's purpose for my life. And those conversations could lead and conflict with what God has for me and where God wants to take me. So I, as the mature Christian, have to deny that conversation from going there. Amen? We do all this work to try and prevent, you know, our spirit being fed from all this witchcraft and demonic influences and, you know, all the worldliness and carnality. Yet we keep certain people in our life and give the devil an avenue through them to speak into our life. Huh? We do all this hard work, putting up boundaries and and having certain disciplines and doing all this. And yet all the while, Satan's got these voices we allow in our life and he can just speak through them into our heart, into our life. Amen? Amen. But that's what Paul was saying. I'm focused on God's purpose for my life. And how many know a runner running in a race equips themselves with everything they need to run the race? You know, you don't see them Olympic gold medalists getting on the track and they start putting on ankle weights and start putting on a body vest weight. You know, they don't do that. That'd be crazy, right? Because they have one goal in mind, to reach that finish line as fast as they can. But it's the same way in Christianity. Sometimes we're in the race, but we begin to put all these weights on us, these encumbrances on us, all these unnecessary things that begins to weigh us down and keeps us from running the most effective way that God's called us to run. That's why the writer of Hebrews said, lay, lay aside every encumbrance and give up the sin that so easily entangles you. For we gotta race the run. Got any race runners in the house this morning? Amen. Worship team, you come up. I think I'm past my 30 minutes. But how many know staying focused on your purpose, staying focused on God, it allows you to have real joy and peace even in the midst of your problems. 
Amen. Paul was focused on his purpose through all his problems and trials. And that's what gave him the ability to be consistent in his walk with God. And Jesus was also a man of insane focus. If you go back and you like look at the life of Jesus, how he interacted with his friends, his family. I mean, there were several times when Jesus was focused on his purpose and his friends would come up and they'd try to get him to do something that conflicted with his purpose. And how many know Jesus wasn't afraid to say, hey, get behind me, Satan. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. How many know even his family? He would even rebuke his family. He wouldn't even let his family interfere with him fulfilling God's purpose for his life. If you look through back to Scripture, Jesus was a man of insane focus. He never lost sight of the reason he had come. And as a matter of fact, he was so focused on his mission at times that his disciples, his friends, his family actually became worried about his physical and his mental health. Jesus, are you sure you got to go die? Are you sure you got to go to the cross? Peter was probably talking to the other, you know, disciples. Man, there's something wrong with Jesus, man. You know, he's crazy. He ain't thinking right. You know, he's got, we got people to say, we got a kingdom to establish. And how many know Jesus, he, he wouldn't cross that line. He'd confront it, wouldn't cross it. He'd say, hey, that's cool. Yeah, that, you know, but I got a purpose. I'm here for a reason. I'm focused on a mission. Amen. I'm going to the cross. And I'm getting back up. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12. Twenty twenty. And I believe this is the scripture Pastor opened up with, right? For the beginning of the series. It says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also, this is what I was saying right here, lay aside every encumbrance in the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Fixing our eyes or grabbing a hold of our focus and putting it on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the same, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who's endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. As we spoke about focus, you know, last Sunday and, and this morning today, there's a word that kept popping up in all these scriptures as I began to see it, and that word was press. Paul said, I press. And the writer of Hebrews said, you got to press. So we went over these scriptures about focus, and, and saints, listen, by January, I think it was like 15th, 30% of New Year's resolutions have, have gone to the wayside. In February on Valentine's Day, I think the statistic was 75% of New Year's resolutions had already been given up on. Amen? See, we can make these resolutions. We can even be unsatisfied where we're at with God. We can be able to forget our past. And you can even have a focus for the future. But you see, it's going to take more in 2020 than just inspiration and desire to get to the progress that God has for you this year. It's going to take more than just inspiration. We can all run up in the church skipping and hopping and talking about we're inspired to change. We're inspired to do something different. We have a desire. It's going to take us having a determination this year. Being able to press as a family, 
press as a church, press as a unit, to press forward. And that word press, how many know that's not just walking easily? You're gonna, we're going to have to press. We're going to have to get together and press to push this thing forward. Amen? I press forward. Paul, 30 years after he got saved, he said, Church of Philippi, you know, I've accomplished all this. I've grown this much. I've gone this far. But I still have a ways to go. Amen? Come on, stand your feet this morning. 2020 is going to be a great year, but we have to grab a hold of our focus this year. If you, if you have one thing that you can try and zone in on in 2020, it's focus on the kingdom of God. Focus on Jesus. Focus on God. As the lights begin to dim, this altar is going to be open. And Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you, Lord, for establishing this ministry, this church, the spiritual family we have here within Victory Life, God. Lord, give us the grace we need and the ability that we need to be able to focus this year, God, to press forward together, to be unified and press this thing forward together, to come after you, God. We know there's going to be great amounts of progress, substantial amounts of growth this year, God. But don't allow us to get distracted with how far we've come. Because I know you're taking us somewhere, God. Give us that focus. Each and every one of us in our own lane. Each and every one of us with our own gifting. Each and every one of us in our own calling. Allow us to focus this year. I pray all this in Jesus' name.